This is Rabbi Shammai Engelmayer, and welcome to episode 28 of Keep the Faith, my weekly podcast in which we explore contemporary issues through the prism of Jewish law and tradition. I was going to discuss the last days of the Marathon of Observances in this Jewish month of Tishrei. Events, however, including an alarming spike in COVID-19 cases here in Israel and around the world, have pushed that discussion off the agenda. Two great sins are being committed in some Jewish communities here and in Israel especially. And, as of yesterday, Thursday... One Jewish group is suing New York State over newly imposed restrictions meant to stem the tide of cases. The topic for this week, therefore, is COVID-19 and the great sins for which there is no atonement. On the first day of Sukkot, we heard these words chanted near the beginning of the Torah reading. Quote, and you shall faithfully observe my commandments and do them, and you shall not profane my holy name. Unquote. Profaning God's name, the sin known as Chilul Hashem, was taken very seriously by our sages of blessed memory and all who came after them. In the Babylonian Talmud tractate that deals with matters relating to Yom Kippur, we're taught that engaging in Chilul Hashem is unlike most sins. For most sins, atonement may be achieved in this world, assuming, of course, that the sin isn't repeated, but that's not the case when it comes to desecrating God's name. No atonement is possible in the violator's lifetime. Elsewhere in the Talmud, we're also told that when God judges a person, even if that person sins and his good deeds balance out on the judgment scale, the sin of desecrating God's name, the sin of Chilul Hashem, tips the balance towards sin every time. Clearly, Chilul Hashem is a big deal, as it should be. Yet Chilul Hashem, desecrating God's name, is exactly what we're seeing right now. And we're seeing it in the very communities that are supposed to be the most observant. Let me explain. In too many places throughout the United States, Israel and the rest of the world, as noted, COVID-19 cases have been on the rise, often dramatically. As the High Holy Days approached, however, we began to see a serious increase in the number of cases in certain areas in particular, namely in ritually rigid Jewish communities, and the increased number of cases have continued through the last seven days of Sukkot. I prefer ritually rigid, by the way, to the term ultra-Orthodox, which, when you think about it, is a term that makes no sense whatever. Orthodox means normal, while ultra means extreme. How can anyone be extremely normal? Ritually rigid is a better description. But let's move on. Israel's per capita rate of coronavirus infection is among the highest in the world. It's even higher than in the United States. The high rate is especially noticeable in Israel's ritually rigid communities, meaning communities with large Haredi and Hasidic populations. These communities accounted for 40% of all of Israel's new confirmed cases over the two weeks from the start of Rosh Hashanah to the beginning of Sukkot. According to Israeli news reports, confirmed cases in those communities alone rose 79% between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, while there was only a 1% rise in the general Israeli population. The death rate from COVID-19 in those communities in the week between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur rose 100% 
compared to a 48% increase in the general population. In the New York area, the story appears to be the same. From two weeks before Rosh Hashanah until the start of Sukkot, more than 20% of all new infections in New York City were in ritually rigid Haredi and Hasidic communities. Similar outbreaks also have been seen in suburban Haredi and Hasidic enclaves. New Jersey's COVID-19 cases have also spiked. After Rosh Hashanah, Governor Phil Murphy reported that, quote, Ocean County and especially Lakewood are clearly our hotspots right now, unquote. Lakewood is home to many of the ritually rigid. It's only gotten worse as the high holy days ended and Sukkot began. In fact, yesterday, Thursday, New York's Governor Andrew Cuomo and New Jersey's Governor Murphy both reported months-long highs in total COVID-19 cases and hospitalizations. Officials in both states are hard at work trying to contain the spread of this killer disease. A few weeks back, Governor Murphy noted the rise in cases in the New York, New Jersey area, and he raised a most important side issue, the possibility of an anti-Semitic backlash. Said Murphy, quote, I don't want a speck of anybody in this state saying, hey, see, it's because of them or whatever, unquote. Murphy's comment wasn't off the wall. That COVID-19 is a Jewish plot began to surface throughout the world early in the pandemic. In early May, for example, a study conducted by Oxford University found that nearly 20% of the 2,500 Britons surveyed one out of every five Britons surveyed, either suspected or totally believed that, quote, Jews have created the virus to collapse the economy for financial gain, unquote. Only Muslims came out higher with slightly over 23% either suspecting or believing that, quote, Muslims are spreading the virus as an attack on Western values, unquote. It's not just the crazies who think this way. As one study participant, Dr. Sinead Lamb put it, quote, Conspiracy thinking is not isolated to the fringes of society, unquote. According to study leader and Oxford clinical psychology professor Daniel Freeman, quote, Rates of coronavirus conspiracy beliefs were higher than we anticipated. Only half of the population appear completely unaffected by such ideas. Highly disturbing ideas were endorsed by a significant minority. Unquote. Such conspiracy theories also have consequences because they contribute to spreading the virus. Said Professor Friedman, quote, Our study indicates that coronavirus conspiracy beliefs matter. Those who believe in conspiracy theories are less likely to follow government guidance, for example, staying home, not meeting with people outside their household, or staying two meters, approximately six and a half feet, apart from other people when outside. Those who believe in conspiracy theories also say that they are less likely to accept a vaccination, take a diagnostic test, or wear a face mask, unquote. According to Alyssa Weiner, Assistant Director for International Jewish Affairs at the American Jewish Committee, it's not surprising that some conspiracy theorists blame the Jews because, in her words, for centuries, anti-Semites have blamed Jews for global pandemics, unquote. She had a lot more to say, however. Quote, the most prevalent conspiracy theories linking Jews with coronavirus blame Jews, Zionists, or the State of Israel for engineering COVID-19 for malign and selfish reasons. 
Some anti-Semitic messages claim Jews, Zionists, or the State of Israel have created COVID-19 with the sinister purpose of then being able to profit from developing an antidote. In others, Israel is falsely portrayed as caring for its own population while preventing any help for Palestinians, unquote. It's the third set of examples she gives that's most troubling, however, because of its, quote, claims that Jews themselves are infected and spreading the deadly virus via their own communities, much as they were accused of spreading the plague in medieval times, unquote, which, of course, is the very situation New Jersey Governor Murphy warned against. Wiener offered yet another take on Jews and COVID-19 by citing the viciously anti-Semitic founder and host of the far-right Christian channel True News, a man named Rick Wiles. Jews, Wiles said, are being punished for not believing in Christ, and because they are, the disease is spreading to everyone else. Here are his hateful words, quote, There is a plague moving upon the earth right now, and the people that are going into the synagogues are coming out with the virus. You are under judgment because you oppose his son, Jesus Christ. That is why you have a plague in your synagogues, unquote. In May, the Israeli newspaper Haaretz ran an article by Flora Kassin, Associate Professor of Jewish, Islamic, and Middle Eastern Studies, and Associate Professor of History at Washington University in St. Louis. She added another layer to the anti-Semitic theme. Said Professor Kassin, quote, Far-right theories on a Jewish-Chinese COVID-19 cabal are breaking out of the infamously anti-Semitic dark web with real-world consequences, unquote. To the traditional anti-Semitic tropes, a new one has been added, she said, quote, The newer element is the idea of coronavirus as a grand plan engineered by the Jews and China together, unquote. The most bizarre claim she cited, though, was this, quote, In a discussion probably triggered by President Trump's willingness to entertain the unproven theory that the virus was engineered in a lab in Wuhan, China, an anonymous poster attempted to reveal the supposedly real viral genesis. He noted as fact that the coronavirus came from a Chinese lab, but that it was not created by the Chinese. In his words, the kikes get the credit for that one. It was the kikes. It's always the kikes, unquote. Apparently, the Jews are in charge of China's laboratories. The word always was in all caps, by the way. COVID-19 is a killer plague. With 213,000 deaths recorded so far in the United States as of this morning, nearly 1,900 deaths so far in Israel, and almost 1.1 million deaths worldwide, the threat is real and must be taken seriously. Jewish law requires it, and it also requires that we do everything possible to minimize the spread and keep all people safe, all people, not just our own. Yet COVID-19 is not being taken seriously by too many in the ritually rigid Jewish communities here, in Israel, or elsewhere, as the numbers testify. We're seeing this around the world. In Britain, for example, the COVID-19 death rate among Jews was reported some months ago as being 2.5 times higher than among non-Jewish Britons. According to Britain's Office for National Statistics, Jewish men had twice as high a risk of dying from coronavirus as Christian men. As I've noted in previous podcasts, Judaism takes health matters of all kinds very seriously. Life takes precedence over almost everything, including such defining commandments 
such defining mitzvot as Shabbat and Kashrut. Just the mere suspicion that life may be in danger, may be in danger, not is in danger, is enough to override the Torah's rules. The Torah even insists on people who may have developed infectious diseases be quarantined until it is clear that they are not contagious. You would think that in the ritually rigid Haredi and Hasidic communities here, in Israel and around the world, mask wearing, social distancing, and avoidance of close contact gatherings of any kind, including prayer services on the High Holy Days and Sukkot, would be considered Torah-demanded requirements. Yet the opposite is true. There clearly is a total disregard among many in Haredi and Hasidic communities for mask wearing, social distancing, and avoidance of close contact gathering. We've seen this play out graphically on the streets of Brooklyn, and we're seeing it in the lawsuit brought yesterday against Governor Cuomo and New York State seeking to overturn the very restrictions that have been imposed to save lives. The lawsuit was brought by the Agudath Israel of America, a powerful organization that represents the interests of the ritually rigid. Not only does such behavior violate halachic principles regarding health and welfare, principles of which Agudath Israel of America is keenly aware, it has resulted in the sin of Chilul Hashem because it adds to the anti-Semitic conspiracy theories making the round. If Jews act this way, it must be because the Jewish God wants them to do so, bringing disgrace to God. Anti-Semitism of a different sort is also a byproduct of such scenes as the ones that have played out this week in Brooklyn's Crown Heights and Borough Park neighborhoods especially. Atonement is possible for putting someone's life in danger, but that atonement can only be achieved if the person who was put in danger forgives the one who put him or her in danger. People who've died are in no position to forgive anyone, so atonement isn't achievable in this case, just as it's not possible for bringing disgrace to God. If keeping people safe from harm, which again, I emphasize, is a prime directive of Jewish law, if keeping people safe from harm isn't sufficient reason for such behavior to end now, disgracing God's name, a sin for which we're taught is not possible in this lifetime, under any circumstances, surely must be. This is Rabbi Shammai Engelmeyer. I hope you come back for my next podcast, and I'd like to hear what you have to say about this or my other podcast. Go to www.shamai.org, www.shamai.org, and email me, please. Shabbat Shalom, Chag Sameach, stay healthy, and stay safe.